John, which part that you fell asleep to is your favorite? Oh my god, what have I done? Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch. Who the fuck is singing? Yeah, again, I don't know why I'm defending any of this. Okay, so I was right. Suck it, Zach. Love I it. will I fucking end you. <laughs> oh no, and this is the crazy thing about balls. Like, the more... The more <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we are doing another flashback. This time to 1999 for the currently relevant M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. Currently, but not frequently relevant. <laughs> in and out. <laughs> in, yeah, his relevancy has been in and out. Uh, but we are reviewing this uh, because it's a good movie. And um, also, I'm assuming everyone's going to still think it's a good movie. We'll see. Lauren doesn't like things anymore. But um, <laughs> it's going to be... Our next episode is going to be Glass, which is the third film in his... Um, East Rail 177 trilogy. There you go. Uh, movie, which you can find the review of on middleofrow.com uh, by Ben, who um, we haven't, most of us haven't seen that movie yet, but Ben has. Yeah. God damn it. But, um, what? I'm sorry, I was looking at the horror list that we did from years ago because I was wondering if this had been one of my picks, and I saw an E.T. picture and it freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben picked... The Sixth Sense for us to watch as one of his flashback picks for the year. And I'll let him start us off and tell us why he picked it and if it still holds up for him. Uh, well, I forgot that it was actually I who had picked it. I, um, I, there, was a, there was an over-under <laughs> as to whether or not you're going to fess up to it. <laughs> I think I think it's when I picked it, I was going back. I was like looking through you know 1999 movies, and that was one I hadn't seen in probably... You know, at least, I was in high school, at least since the last time I saw it. So it's been like 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, How long? You hadn't watched it in 10 or 12 years, you said? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it had been like forever. Uh, and I remember really liking it. Uh, it's it's always been my second favorite of Shyamalan's movies. Unbreakable is, um, I, I liked Unbreakable a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but I, going into uh, The Sixth Sense, you know, a second time, uh, I, I think it's, it's not quite as amazing as I remember. I mean, I still, I, I didn't, it didn't move. Like, it's still four and a half out of five. But I think um, the first half is a lot slower than I remember it being. But the second half is just damn near perfect, and it's not like the first half is awful. It's just not, it's not paced anywhere near as well as the second half. And I think, you know, obviously one of the greatest twists in film, Tony Collette is amazing, and I totally forgot she was in this. Really glad How to see her again. <laughs> um, and she's great. Uh, Haley Joel Osment is, you know, fantastic. Bruce Willis, that's it's pro this is probably Bruce Willis's best performance that I've seen. It's a bold statement from a diehard lover. <laughs> from a diehard diehard. <laughs> but let's be fair, like diehard, like that's being like the action star is very different than portraying a bunch of like really you know, like emo it's not as emotive or as, you know, emotionally, you know, investing. And I think Bruce Willis was just incredible in this movie along with pretty much everything else aside from the pacing in the first half um i'll jump in there the i think the first half's the better half of the movie i think the movie weirdly i i don't like the last 25 minutes and 20 minutes of the movie basically um what i mean not that i don't like it it's just i i, I was much preferring you're dead inside <laughs> it's just the movie just like it kind, Bruce Willis. It oh, kind no. of feels like he just forgets what to he doesn't know what to do with the movie other than make it one of the like most memorable endings ever. Well, we're going to talk we can talk about we can talk about that more, but does this movie need that twist? 
Um, I don't know. I feel like it does, because otherwise it's creepy that he's just stalking this little boy around the whole time. I don't don't think it needs it, but I'm damn glad it had it. Like, I think it's a... It felt felt so perfunctory watching it this time. I don't know what that means. It feels so separate. It feels so separate from, from, from everything else at the end of the movie. Like it's, I think it's a very good slow build up into an effectively creepy movie, and then it's like, and now we're the ghost saving team. I don't know what to call them. Like the, the whole scene where we're gonna go help other people, other ghosts. I mean, I guess I like that idea, but it it feels so separate from the rest of the movie. Like all of a sudden, they're a team of people that helps ghosts. So what you're uh, saying it, is, it, you just hope Haley Joel Osment suffers for life. <laughs> I don't mind the happy ending, but I I don't know it 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 the tone of that part of the movie feels so separate from everything that came before it, which isn't you're necessarily crazy. a bad thing, but. That section the, that the, section includes a mom killing her daughter. Well, yeah, that's but it's true. like you have to you have to look at it where it's like the whole movie is about him helping the kid, and he does, but it's just through a different lens now. Like yeah. he's still helping him, not from a like not from like a psychological standpoint, but from like here's what you're gonna do with this crazy ass gift. Yeah. Also, it's like, like I was, I was full on ugly cry when he was telling his mom like oh yeah that, I, I cry in that scene every time i had forgotten about <laughs> i don't i did not Holy it's one of my favorite shit. scenes i think oh, that but then man. on top of it the scene at the very end when he's talking to his wife i was crying so hard yeah. i couldn't breathe like i was, yeah, was like, like my <laughs> shirt my shirt got a little soggy i gotta be honest i was, I was getting like, full on judgment eyes for my dogs <laughs> like i remember this this movie is super emotional and super sad sad in an uplifting way actually but like the thing i did not remember was how like physically hard it was to cry <laughs> at this movie because you were just like <laughs> like you just you couldn't do anything like, i mean it it takes, it's still it marley and me cry you. but it, it takes a lot yeah <laughs> it was a paralyzing sadness it was a paralyzing cry but it, and that's but that's a strength of this film too because not only like it's it has genuinely terrifying moments but then it also just has these incredibly emotional like this incredible emotional resonance like not many movies like there are some that can you know they they nail that dramatic aspect and then there are some that weaken that to make sure the horror works as well as it does there are very few that do both that well I've never cried at this movie ever I never even thought about crying that's because like we said you're dead inside I also think the horror that it's good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't uh, je- terrified was anything. What I was would say, I was terrified the first time I watched this. It's not scary the, the, now, yeah. but I still like remember I how was, creeped out I was as I still a kid. Think that it's it kind of affects it's me. Super. It's, well, it's like, one. Of, it's like a subtle type of horror where like you yeah, have no not, idea what's not, going on, kind of thing. And it's not jump scary, yeah, but it's yeah. just like you are uncomfortable. Like when it gets, starts getting cold, you see the breath. And you're like, oh, yeah, shit. like when the ghost goes behind like, him when he's peeing. It's like I've had not. I mean, I don't pee standing up, so this exact moment did not happen. <laughs> but like i've had nightmares and just like growing up i was so scared of the dark that i related like, to him so much I, in that moment i i remember when i first saw i must this must be the third or fourth time because I, I mean i remember i saw it when i was much younger but the that that sequence where the kid's just like i'll show you where my dad keeps his gun and turns around he's got the bullet hole yes that freak that like, yeah that how, is it, how did that me. pass the pg-13 test right there you see this kid with the back of his head pulling out i don't know maybe they're um, just hoping kids don't understand what that means what did that kid want to do like how, that was a question it's like how did that kid want his help like was he going to show him the gun that his dad left unlocked well, I, don't, I don't know, they know if they also, know they want his help yeah, either and i think they also said that a lot of them were just angry right so or they just weren't aware that they were dead yeah that's true. that too, too yeah oh yeah um i think the creepiest ghosts are the people hanging that are just see that's one of those things where you're like okay now how do they rationalize this in their brain like do they just not yeah. see the kids playing basketball at their feet every day or what like, well, what's I was, happening well i was well that happened and i was like oh that's where jane wan got that really james wan got that really creepy idea in the contrary that wasn't <laughs> oh, it's less original now i i still enjoy i think this what my takeaway from watching this was the script just how good the script is in this movie and it 
not in just the dialogue, but setting up. Everything is so well crafted and paced until it isn't for me. But um, <laughs> again, I'm still a very strong B plus on this movie. It's just I, I the, the last bit doesn't jive with me. But um, the last bit that again like cements it is like one of the most. <laughs> no, like... no, the going to the. I, I think the scene itself is good. The going to the it's executed perfectly. The when they go to the the dead girls misha barton is that yeah. her name? that's who the actress right? yeah they go to her house and they discover them the munchausen by proxy stuff but i feel like she would have probably like i don't know maybe mentioned that her mom was poisoning her before she was dead if she had it on video well but did she know she had like, the video well, would she have been know. able to watch the video when she was dead <laughs> Yeah, yeah. maybe she gained like knowledge. I mean, you have to wonder like, like when your just, caretaker is poisoning you, you might be too scared to tell someone about it. I don't know. She's a little girl. Oh yeah, and it's like yeah. she stepped up just to save her sister. Yeah, kind of. I guess. Okay, that's how I yeah, took it. That that is all really well done, and like Munchausen by proxy is like terrifying. Yeah, it is. Like that. I, I, that's so unsettling. What was that girl's name? Gypsy. She was from. Missouri. There was a recent case oh, of that. Oh, did you watch that? No, did but I mean, I remember it like being on my apps and everything, like KSDK talking about because it, it was kind of local. <laughs> Wait, can you can you guys elaborate on Munchausen? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. What it's this oh, works. it's just oh, go on. It's, oh, yeah. yeah, the keeping. Yeah, when what happens with her? Like people like poison their kids. Like Munchausen is when and... you make yourself sick. Because you like mm-hmm. the attention and, and other things, it's else, a lot yeah. of psychological stuff to it. But yeah, Munchausen yeah. by proxy is when you're keeping someone else sick. Yeah, well, I was, I was actually, I was asking about that. I knew Munchausen, but what was oh. the case you guys were oh, talking about? Oh, um, there's a great something. documentary about it. Yeah, um, I'll have to look it up for you on later. HBO. It's called "Mommy Dead and Dearest," "Daddy Dead and Dearest," and it's about this girl who is being kept poisoned, poisoned. Like, yeah, just like her. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then, but then there's murder becomes involved, and it's this crazy freaking story. And it's a great documentary, too. It's It should be on HBO Go if you have it, I think. All right, I'll give it a look, yeah. Yeah, it's but really yeah, it took place in Missouri, or Arkansas. It was it was very close. I think to, it was Missouri, it was with, but I don't remember. Okay, I can't remember either. But, um, yeah, good thing, worth seeing. Like I said, I like that scene, and I think... Again, it just is, it's this left turn that the movie makes all of a sudden that threw me off um, watching it this time. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One, one thing I actually, the ending was a little weird. It's just this one line, and it just was, you know, after he's talking to the burned woman, and then his teacher's just like, did you know that this whole place <laughs> yes. like, burned up? It's like, why? Like, I understand you wanted to give us that, you know, like, to understand what happened, but it's also like, that's really weird. Just a teacher being like, oh. Did you know this entire part of the school just burned down? There were people. Yeah, in but like, <laughs> who who tells the kid that? It was that? so no, great he though. He didn't say people were in it though. <laughs> he, it's just such a great reaction because Haley Joel Osment's character is like, I know. <laughs> like, so it was, like that was the payoff for that scene. I don't care if a teacher shouldn't say that to a kid. But. Um, also, the, you probably also shouldn't call a kid a freak. That, probably that, not. No. The, <laughs> the, not the premise of the oh this to top off what I was saying the script just uh the at how clever it is at creating all of the scenes with Bruce mm-hmm. Willis and Olivia Williams to making all those scenes work and not feel even yeah. when you know it's even when you know the twist it's still the only you, yeah, it the, still works like yeah. you can see like, why yeah I that, was, that's all the really only well one that was the only one that was a little awkward was him and Tony Collette sitting in the chairs yeah. like like if I had not known the twist that would have been kind of a weird scene. I just like, like the I don't think so. Because I, 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 it's like, how did he get into her house? How did he rationalize that? Does he just appear and then come up with this, like, well, it's like they, they imagine certain they things? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. It's like, but does he yeah. still exist in this world just walking around everywhere? Or does he just, like, appear and disappear and appear wherever it's relevant? Mm. Well, and that's that's the thing that's, I guess, alluded to in all the scenes with the basement where it seems like, oh, he's go- he's going to go down in the basement to do his work or whatever but really no he can't go down into the basement because his wife well, i mean he can't he just has to face through a door <laughs> yeah well fair enough <laughs> something yeah something has to happen i just assumed he like like because he would go for his pocket so it's like maybe he just imagines there's a like a key in his pocket and that's how he gets around mm-hmm. it but th- that was also another thing it's even watching it now i didn't notice it 
because the costume design is done so well with layers and stuff, but it's like he's wearing the same outfit the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or I think what it said in the production notes was only things that he touched on his last night living. So like his uh his rowing sweatshirt and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The um I did it did seem weird the the his wife reading him that plaque is a really weird scene. <laughs> yeah. Or like she's like so praising and it made me think like this is like M Night talking to himself kind of. Um Yeah. Uh like it's heaping all this praise and how nobody understands how brilliant he is and yeah, Well there was the know. moment it kind of felt like a little heavy not heavy-handed just like kind of a sting to it because she does mention the part where you put like all the kids above their marriage and stuff mm-hmm. and so it's like it kind of well, with yeah. something like that it makes the rest of the movie feel like yeah i could see them having some struggles now especially if yeah. he's so focused on the kids after well, all that happened there was, yeah there was this great there was this great thing i heard uh i forget where but it was uh someone talking about M. I. Shyamalan, like, when he was originally starting, like, he was a great storyteller. And he, But then when he got this idea that he's a great director, <laughs> that's kind of when he started falling apart. It's interesting, because when he had the bigger budgets, he's not, like, the smaller budget movies are the ones he does the best with. And then when he has these... No, I, I, I disagree. Huge. I think he... I think he's always been a good director. I think Past he, Airbender. <laughs> but, well... But I think he makes things look good. I mean, I which heard is, the happening is not great. It looks good. It, it's well it's shot. It's a movie. It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it happened. I mean, the guy yeah. can frame a frame of. I mean, Zach might have been just super distracted because Zoe Deschanel's in it. So. <laughs> yeah, that that puts it up on like, that gives it like two and a half stars extra anyway, right? Two stars I gave happening, I think. So that it's two and a half stars. I said it's two and a half stars higher because she's in it. <laughs> I, I do also, I want to say, I think, as you guys said, his best ones are, like, the simpler budget. I would say the his best films are the ones that have, like, a deeply emotional kind of core to them. Like, it's... How dare you take that back about The Last Airbender? Because, <laughs> like, I feel like a... Or there's more of a focus, I would say, about, like, the human story that's really happening <laughs> um, in in the film. So, like, I compare it to The Sixth Sense, Signs, The Village. Like, I think all of those work, including The Village, and I'll fight anyone on this, because of the human... Yeah, wasn't that in your, like, top five? I called The Village ever? twist in the trailer. <laughs> Wait, really? Yep the human yeah. aspect of it. So whether it's the love story between Bryce Dallas Howard and Joaquin Phoenix in the village or um, a man, I'd probably appreciate the village more, by the way, removed from the twistiness of the stick of it. That got hurt. I think a lot because of not, not the twist with, you know, the monsters. I don't want to say, but the, like the, the other thing that happened like that. Yeah. That felt like he was just like, well, they're expecting a twist. I should put one in there. It's like that. No, I like I, the, I like the, the turn that I movie makes it, in yeah. the middle of the movie. Moving on. Um, but then also the the aspect of a man, a former pastor, wrestling with his faith, and then coming or having these cosmic events occur to his family, and then in this one where it has to do with grief and it has to do with guilt, and a man trying to reconcile for the mistakes he made professionally, but then also personally with his wife. And so, and that, I don't think he made any mistakes with yeah, his wife. Like, it's, 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 I mean, he ignored her apparently. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, there was an understanding there. Like they were both on the same page, I think. Uh, it was just, it was more like he wanted to just make sure his wife knew. His mistake with his wife was yeah. for however long he was a ghost and not knowing it, he didn't attempt to have a conversation with her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that didn't feel natural though. Like, like, I, I guess he that separation is there because he's dead though. It's not because he doesn't he, yeah. he doesn't know how. I mean, like if, if he was well, I alive, mean, he was always coming home late, would, so it's not like yeah. he was making an attempt. Yeah. yeah. And what what child psychologist like comes home that late? Like, why wouldn't you just take yeah? Your all your children are in bed by then. Come on now. But no, um, there's there's the aspect where except, he, uh, except the ones who are grown up and have guns. Apparently, they they find you. But there, there is the part where again he was dead, but he forgot their anniversary and 
and goes mm-hmm. and like tries to apologize. So he was obviously trying to have a conversation with her. Yeah, then but he found her there. Like I'm just nitpicking at the how like this actually works, but I still love this movie wholeheartedly. <laughs> I just like to think about his like day to day being a ghost, like the actual psycho psychology behind that. <laughs> It's, Do we think the other thing though is like why why didn't the kid's breath ever? Because um... he wasn't. He was, angry. Yeah, he wasn't angry. Or oh, scared. Was it the angry ghosts that make it cold? That's what I assumed. Yeah, like I think any he high had to be emotional having... stakes. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, do we think that Haley Joel Osment knew that he was dead this entire time? Oh yeah. Okay. No, I don't think he. When do you think he figured it out? I think he knew because, like, as soon as he showed up, he looked terrified. In their first scene together. Yeah. yeah. It might. No, it the first be, scene together's in the church. I know, but kinda... when when Bruce Willis shows up at the end of the pew, he like mm. kind of pulls back a little bit. Like yeah. it, it felt like to me he knew. I thought it was more just like and like when stranger, he said, "So we're never going to see each other again." I think there was more to it. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'm I'm sure he knew for. Like, I for think sure. he figures then, it out, but I'm not sure it was at the beginning. When she's sleeping, because that's. He knew that was the only way. It would and work. like, was there never a time where his like his mom would have never mentioned, "Hey, you're seeing your psychiatrist today." <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, speaking of the mom, Tony Collette, whew, she's the best. Uh, so good. And if I can be just a a very stereotypical dude, she is so gorgeous in this film too. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to be a dude to say that. No, that's fair. She's just such a great mom in horror movies. In general. I mean, for sure. <laughs> Such a great mom in Hereditary. Only tried to murder her kids like three times. <laughs> well, I was referring more to also like Fright Night. She was in the remake with the. Uh, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> what was I going to say? That the most terrifying part of this movie was that he circled things in his books with pen. That's what you were going to say, wasn't it? Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think the creepiest scene in the movie is still the opening scene for me, by the way. The- I, I, yeah, I, I kind of like it, there, it's but. fun to think about because when there. his wife is in the wine cellar or the basement, whatever you want to call it, she like mm-hmm. she's freaky, like she's super cold. So it's like I wonder if there were ghosts following him around in their house. The mm-hmm. um, Donnie Wahlberg's character. Oh yeah, like did he bring ghosts with him? <laughs> yeah, that's an, I, I like that. And I just like the idea that it's like, how long was he in their house for? Like the whole scene with them downstairs, he was probably just up in their bedroom or something. Yeah, creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that one, that one feels that's real. That's why that one seems so terrifying. There's nothing supernatural about it. And I think that's it's just why yeah. That. It's just like and it's it's not, not much scarier than someone who's just totally unhinged. You know? Yeah, I definitely so don't have a fear about that since I'm at home by myself all night. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Hopefully, hopefully you didn't console any children who were seeing dead people. If if not, I have dogs fine. with me. They'll let me know if there's a ghost in this house. <laughs> Or someone breaks in. Do we think this, in retrospect, deserved all the accolades it got, though? Because this movie was, like... I mean, I still think it's really great, so yes. I think it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. great, but, okay, let, like, let's just look at Did this. Did it get a lot of accolades? What did it get? Okay, best editing, best supporting actress, best supporting actor, best original screenplay, best director, and best picture. Okay, I think what I was confusing was, I read when I was reading the trivia earlier, I think it came out of left field. But then it was well appreciated once everyone actually knew about it. Yeah. Like, I think it was like an Entertainment Weekly list. Like, and, and they didn't God, even mention I, I gotta, it in like the cu- upcoming 150 movies or something. I gotta say, I'm so glad that I saw this before. Like, you know, the internet was a really. Big oh yeah, thing. for sure. Like, because that shit would have been spoiled. In <laughs> I days. saw. I was. I mentioned in some like. Uh, or I guess I'm, not the internet, but some podcast media. group I'm a part of. I mentioned that I was watching this movie last night, and someone's like, "Oh, I think I've heard of that movie." It's like, "What is wrong <laughs> with you?" It's like, "So you do you not know the twist?" Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, they probably do. They just give it to a different movie for coming up with it. Talking to John's point with the Oscar-y stuff, Bruce Willis not nominated. Ben will be mad about that. <laughs> um, was this his first yeah, dramatic good. role? Probably mm-hmm. not. No, I, no, I would no, be no. amazed if it was. I'm gonna double check that. So. No, he's done plenty of dramatic stuff before this movie. Yeah, like the Fifth Element. The whole, no, I don't know when that came out. Was the whole nine <laughs> yards before this? The <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. That's a comedy. I don't know how. I know. I was. It was a joke. <laughs> okay. Uh, Haley Joel Osment was nominated. Um, he did not deserve to win over Tom Cruise, who did not win 
but he should have He was in won. Look Who's Talking too. so oh obviously my God. that was 1990. <laughs> there you go. Oh, best supporting actress was Toni Collette. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not as crazy about her in this movie as you guys are. She's good, but I don't know. But you guys are also crying about her. I'm infatuated with Toni Collette. She's, um, I didn't find her attractive in this movie either, but. You're also probably me. still writing the coattails of, uh, of, um, Hereditary. It's it, like, it is tough to compare her to like. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I like her and everything. I think Hereditary in. was a great movie. <laughs> oh, guys, guys, he was in Armageddon the year before this, so oh obviously. Ben, oh, yeah. Stop it. Like, <laughs> that last scene, man. Like, just uh, he's like, crying at his screen of his face. Every time. <laughs> that last scene gave Collette, me space dementia. He's got space dementia. I would have had Tony Collette losing to Catherine Keener for her role. Okay, but you, but you love Catherine Keener. Oh yeah, I don't think necessarily she deserved a, an award for this movie, but I thought she was great yeah. in it. Yeah, she was good. Um, the other role, he was nominated for best director. I would have gone with Spike Jones, but I think he was worthy a nomination. I wouldn't have. What complained. was Spike Jones' movie then? Being John Malkovich. It was being John Malkovich. Well, here's oh. the thing. I'm just comparing him against the people that's nominated. I don't know if he makes... He doesn't make the cut if I'm throwing in my other favorite 99 movies, basically. The Oscars definitely does not represent my favorite movies from that year. Isn't that kind of usual, though? You're not You're not usually... I think it's gotten better lovely. over time, but, like... Well, I remember yeah. you and I were both kind of lukewarm on uh, Shape of Water. Yeah. And that but, really, but, like, that. all the stuff. But best... best ed- but, like, editing... Editing, yeah, I can get behind didn't that it win, kind of stuff. Didn't and writing. Soundtrack, didn't it win soundtrack or score? You, I don't want, think you want to hear some Oscars. trivia that might make you balk at your love of the writing? The, okay. I, I really hope this is a joke, but it was on IMDb, so I'm saying it. The original line was, I observed deceased individuals. <laughs> That's got to be a joke. <laughs> I really hope it is, but it's like it's also hilarious. So. It's like, that's, thank God that changed, if awesome. that is fact. <laughs> I do think... I. To it's Zach's just hard point, to say. Though, the the editing and the cinematography, I loved it because it was it was so muted. And that first half, actually, I loved that pacing where it was very slow, deliberate. It focused on the interactions between the characters, and then it would come out of nowhere with something that was unsettling or unfamiliar. Whether it was all the kitchen cupboards like being open, or a character walking across the screen, kind of veiled so we didn't see what was going on, or yeah, like I just I loved that the way in which he was so subtle with the scares and with the interactions and how he paced it so that they would feel even more heightened. No, you're fine. Well, because of because of how muted everything else was. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the one thing that really threw me off about the editing was that he didn't show Misha Barton's little sister's face. Like they kept shooting mm. those scenes from yeah, behind was... her, and it didn't make sense to me at all. It's like was, the camera's gonna turn too. around at one point. Is she just like hideously dis- disfigured? Like, what is this reveal gonna be? And then we don't see her. Like, well, okay. had a, there was they had a, this crossed that passed by a picture of her at one point. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we saw her face kind of. That and in the one scene at the hospital where M Knight does his cameo, there's just one of those toys in front of his face the entire time with like the <laughs> wooden beads that go down the tracks and stuff. Yeah. It's so weird. So. And it's like, it's, I don't hate the first half. Again, this is like a four and a half out of five movie for me. I feel like, I'm looking at it now, it says this movie is 107 minutes. It could have been 97 minutes. What 10 minutes are you cutting out? There were like, there were, lo- there were certain just scenes that just took too long. I think you could have done a, a few shorter cuts. And you could have cut out like 10 minutes of this movie that way. And it would have been leaner scarier even the the, the length of the movie is not that was never my concern watching it i think the movie's paced pretty brilliantly and builds i, I love i love the slow tension of it all and yeah, but you also think the ending was the, the twist wasn't necessary which was but it doesn't change <laughs> anything that happened before it yeah, it changes everything. Except, yeah, except the entire. No, it like, just changes the their enti- interaction. It doesn't change the progress. In the entire the... movie is their interactions. It's like I just kn- the two of them. I know, but either his way, stuff and his stuff with David. His wife. The, oh, yeah, I didn't need. The, I, Cole Cole's arc doesn't change whether he's dead or alive. Well, yeah, but it still matters. 
<laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's like I said, it's a great little oh man. That's crazy, and it's well executed within the and movie. And he was helping him. It wasn't just him getting help. He was yeah, helping like... someone else. You monster. <laughs> but it's like he was helping the kid. Yeah, it's like... I can't... I don't know. I was just reading my notes. I'm really bad at staying on track with this podcast. I'm sorry, guys. But it's okay. It's like, it always just bothers me that the mom puts the poison in her daughter, or cleaner, or whatever it is, in like in the soup in her daughter's room it's like have some dignity do it off screen somewhere <laughs> yeah like why would you do that like, yeah right there i get like, that she's sleeping you... but still like do it in the kitchen what are you doing with my food oh nothing was like just yeah like i'm sure she has like dish detergent or whatever in the kitchen or she's probably making the food yeah like obviously it makes sense or else we wouldn't have the videotape but that's one thing that always bothers me about the movie it's like that shouldn't happen that way at all Hey, was this film also shot in like specific quality, like eight millimeter or something like that? Because I have no idea. Because the graininess of it too, and just kind of the lo-fi aspect of it, that I really appreciated as an aesthetic. That could just be because it's twenty years old, or See, you were but, watching it on YouTube. But was it really? Uh, I thought my my Blu-ray looked very nice. <laughs> I mean, I it was. I mean, there was film fine. grain. It looked fine but, to me. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I don't. I didn't notice grainy, but it's but like it, I was. Uh, it seemed like it seemed out of place for the time. Watching it via Netflix. It seemed what? It seemed out of place for the time. Like it seemed like. I don't know. Go watch the Phantom Menace in '99. It's a pretty grainy movie. To, to <laughs> I mean, well, there's a lot of sand. Boom, boom. <laughs> or you could just watch, you know, a good 1990s movie or yeah, 1999. B plus Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. Am I making you guys watch that movie? Probably. I don't. Think, don't. I, no, Zach, I don't think I did. Don't. I don't think I did. Thank you, Zach. I, I don't know what that means. I, I did. I picked Eyes Wide Shut, Magnolia, and Being John Malkovich. I appreciate you're making you, us Zach. watch Avatar, though. Oh, that's gonna be great! What a good Wait, movie. Which Avatar? Which Avatar? The, Avatar. the blue people one. <sighs> Thank Christ. Okay. You want to hear something that'll blow your mind? Yes. It's not going to blow your mind, but you'll find it interesting, probably. Michael Sarah <laughs> auditioned for this part. Oh. <laughs> so can you just imagine him being the kid? Like, just knowing Michael well, Sarah now. <laughs> this is a this is a good point of conversation. Haley Jawsman, I think, is good. But there's also a couple scenes yeah, where he's, like, way too precocious and, like, just a little grown-up kind of guy. Well, take it as this way. Especially he was the, the only scene kid that showed up for auditions wearing a boat or a, a tie. So it felt very <laughs> on point for me. Especially the scene where he's like above him in the balcony at the church much, towards the end of the movie. And he's like talking about generals or stuff. Oh, I assumed I, there was a ghost up there with him. And that's how he knew all that stuff. Or he's just a smart kid who, you know, spends time in books because he has no friends. Yeah, that too. That's true too. I remember them making such a big deal about Shyamalan's Shyamalan's use of red in the movie. Oh yeah, wh- when I the first time I heard that when I was eleven or however old I was, I was blown away by how Wait, smart that was. What? And now it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It, but it's so yeah, it just but... doesn't make sense in the movie. It's so random in the movie. Like it's, I, it, I thought it was supposed to be like clues for things, but is it really? Yeah, I don't know. It indicates like go. But it's like the mom's wearing red at the end. Tony Collette's wearing red at one point. I, I don't know. Oh, what is what's the red supposed to do? It's just supposed exactly. to make you focus on stuff that like could be hints to something paranormal or whatever. Yeah, like oh. the table yeah. when he notices the table setting. There's just one of them. There was the napkin was red, or his yeah, the handle of his door was red. red. Um, yeah. oh. There's points where it works, but then there's also just red everywhere. His in tent this movie. was red. <laughs> oh, his sweater was red. <laughs> the doors, yeah. Oh my god, him trying to open that church door. Charlemagne. <laughs> See, I told you. He said it weird last week too. I know I it. He, this is even better than Frenching uh, Gervais's name. <laughs> But seriously, we need to take a pause and just talk about how cute it was for Haley Joel Osment to open that church door. Because that handle is way too high. <laughs> I like his fist, his quick grab of the... Um, that was some good, some speed oh, when pop- he snatches that his- little uh, figurine on the way out. Oh my gosh, pickpocketing. Kids, I could only think pickpocketing. <laughs> Stealing from churches. 
It's like I thought he was going to steal that little. The it was so following. sad because it's like you think he's stealing that toy from the girls, the dead girl's house, but then he gives it to the sister. It's like, oh, that's so sad. Well, see, and the thing is, like when he when he took the thing from the church, I figured it was like a you know like well, trying to protect himself. Yeah, yeah he like, lied to God all that stuff. Me. That shot in his tent was really cool because you you start to it. It's so visceral in how it conveys what kind of refuge this is it, for him. But then at the same time, he's like shaking and quivering and crying because he still doesn't feel safe. Well, a ghost did show up Uh, in there. (laughs) I mean, that's true, yeah. Yeah, the the shape of the ghost under the sheet is a great um, imagery, even if it doesn't make any sense. I was just waiting for it to like disappear, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they did have interactions with physical objects just watching Bruce Willis. Did Bruce Willis like break a window when he Mm -hmm. saw his, his wife with that other dude? That other so, dude, by the way, it, like, it wasn't like she, she just, it, she wasn't not over him. That dude was just not attractive. <laughs> like, he's no Bruce Willis, man. I didn't think he was unattractive. I didn't, th- I didn't find him attractive. Well, you're not attracted to men. <laughs> but I can say if a man's attractive or not. Well, clearly not, because I thought he was cute. <laughs> so if I were her, if I were her, I don't think I'd ever get together with anyone else because it was just like the one time I was kind of having the moment with somebody, like, like a window broke. It's like, oh shit, it's the ghost of my husband. Like, like cycle, <laughs> like, like I know that shit's not real, but it would just be that thought in my head, kind of thing. Well, yeah, I would not live in the house that my husband died in. Yes, me neither. Yeah. Um, that's she, cool. you're all about Tony Collette. I, Olivia Williams, man, I've, yeah, I had a crush on her. She, she was, but, yeah, oh, she's she great. Was great. But I'm just saying, we're being shallow men at this moment. She's the one who I think I'm very attracted to her in every movie she's been in. I, th- I, mean, I might have to I do only with had eyes Tony Collette's a babe. I only had eyes for that husky puppy. <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't do a good job of helping out on the ghost front, though. He's a puppy. What's he gonna do? He's smart. He gets out of there. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. John, do you, you like this movie? I don't think you said whether you like this movie. Yeah, you yet. didn't actually ask John and I to talk about it before. Oh, uh, we just kind of <laughs> lost into things. You guys did a good job of chiming in. It's good. But, I, John, did you, you are you a big fan of this movie or not? I, It seems like you I like mean, it. I mean, it sounds good as The Village, but yeah, I still liked it. So you, where would you rank your, let's do let's do a Shalomon rankings. Shalomon? Did you say it again? Oh, yeah. I'm I Shyamalan. think I might just hear it in my head. Shyamalan. I said it wrong. Okay. I think the best Slamma Whamma Bama <laughs> movie is... Sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is... It's tough because this one was the first, right? So no, it, well, no, it's not. It's, the, I don't think this is... It's, it's the, the first, first one, one that, everyone knows, at least. Yeah, he, he directed something before this. He directed two movies before this, Praying with Anger and... Wide awake, but none of them had the sort no. of kind of twist. No. I don't know if they had of, a like, twist style or not, that, but they, yeah, I've never seen it. He was also a writer of Stuart Little. Oh God, I forgot he did After Earth. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead, I've Joe. only My seen. Bad. I guess I've only seen four, and it's the first four that I. I guess everyone knows. So like, Signs is probably up there as the best. Or not signs, excuse me. This one, six cents, and then signs for me, and then honestly, the village, and then Unbreakable. In fact, I I went and I rented Unbreakable because I was like, shoot, I need to watch this before Glass, and I I barely remember any of it, and so I remember not liking Unbreakable, which is which is funny because it, it, you hear that of all of his films, this one has like the cult status or like. The most Are you guys gonna rewatch popular claim. Unbreakable and Split to prep for Glass? I'm not gonna rewatch Split, like to, but I'll rewatch Unbreakable. But I don't know if I'm gonna have time. Alright. Um Yeah, I I do like Split though. Like Split, I guess, is also one of the most recent ones that I've seen. I've by heard him the and... visit's good for I mean, some people hate it, but some people really like it. I like the visit. I feel like, like that what? was the visit. Like, oh, I've heard I've heard nothing but positive things about the visit. But Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Everyone knows this if they listen to our podcast. It wasn't like <laughs> like showering praise. It was more like this is pretty good. I think, but for me, I think it was like, yay, he's starting to kind of bring it back again. Cool. Then he had split, yeah. which was like, fuck yes. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the visit. Um, it's worth watching. I didn't see his. I haven't seen his. I know I would like to watch it at some point. I haven't seen his first two films, but I've seen everything else. I think Lady in the Water gets 
Yeah, I enjoyed I that more really than most people did, movie. I think. But I think a lot of people... I, I remember the, the, the everybody got hung up on, like, the critic character being, like, maliciously, awfully murdered and stuff. And they're like, this guy's Spoiler. so full of himself. And da, da, every, a lot of people... Almost everybody dies in that movie, I think. But I enjoyed the fairy tale nature of that movie. And I thought... I don't know. And it's got a great Giamatti performance. I mean, in but it. you know how things go for me. This movie is 12 years old, so I might hate it now. <laughs> so, you know, you and Lord are the only ones I've heard, like, in person saying good things about it. Like, and most of the people I know who saw it did not. Well, I said I remember I liked it more than most people. I could be wrong. <laughs> so, out of his, like, so post, post Sixth Sense, I've seen pretty much everything he's directed excluding Lady in the Water and Lady in the Water, Last Airbender, and After Earth. I've so unfortunately I've seen, seen, unfortunately for two of those three. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So bad. So, uh, Unbreakable, I saw Unbreakable, Signs, The Village. Like, I don't dislike, like, I think the only movie of his I've seen that I didn't love was The Village. I remember loving the village until the the middle, until the the, the the lead of the movie changes. And I I, I'm like I'm like what Lauren said with uh, uh, Lady in the Water. It's like I liked it a lot more than most people did. Like I I didn't think the village was terrible. I mm-hmm. I just thought it. Again, I think that movie better. it was still caught up in the twisting. Even though Signs isn't a twisty movie. Like the only the closest thing you can call to a twist is Was like the, the ending thing, yeah. But yeah. but I mean that is straight out of War of the Worlds, which is a fucking hundred year old story. No, uh, well I think the thing that resonates with me about Signs is not necessarily that it's the it's the human development, it's the character arc of uh, Mel Gibson's character going from a place of a crisis of faith mm-hmm. to a place of believing that there is no such thing as coincidences that there is something despite any type of cosmic event is looking out for each and every person including him and his family and so and i would say the thing the and, thing about science too is like i think when he when he does twists that are like well like well like the ones you look back and then you can see were telegraphed but you didn't know it like science did that pretty well um, what is the but twist I, of signs? There is. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there really is a twist. The, the Unbreakable but, is yeah, that's not a, a twist, twist though. It's but a it's reveal. Like, it's not a twist. Okay, I guess. But it's like that. But that kind of thing. It's but like, it's not it, like you're thinking the whole time like, oh, they're they love yeah. water or something. No, no, it, no, that'd no, be twisting. Like, <laughs> but okay. But it was like it was one of these things where it's like when it happens, you're like, oh shit, because of all these different little things are like hinting towards it. The village didn't really have that. The last Airbender. Oh god, that just The village the that village has a twist. The village definitely has a twist. <laughs> yeah, but it's not well done because it's not like choreographed through like it's not Yeah. Not, I, not, it's yeah, not like, laid what out I categorize as twist is something that turns everything you thought you knew on its head. In the okay, vill- I think I, that's where I think that's where the village gets into trouble is that I think he thinks it does that, but it doesn't. Like Ben said, it has no bearing on everything you saw before it. It just... And it's not, and it's not executed well, and it's not like, because mm-hmm. like, yeah. with, so with like the sixth sense, we're talking about going back. It's like, oh, all these different things are pointing that he's been mm-hmm. dead the whole time. Whereas the village, there's not really anything that signals that that change. I would and say it, splits final twist. I would call that a twist because it it's a twist because it's it not a twist. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, splits twist. You're talking about you're talking about the reveal that it's yeah, the that, very end of the. Like the the, the, the thing d- that, that, that it's it. that it's in the universe, guys. Yeah. We can re- we can reference yeah. it like it's like it's in the yeah. trailer. Okay. Yeah, like, I know. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say if you've seen the trailer for Glass, you know what Split is about. <laughs> if you've seen like any posters in any movie theaters recently, anybody else have anything else you want to say about Sixth Sense? Um, I don't think so. Besides, Lauren liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Good, John. You still haven't told us for you. Like, no, you did. I'm kidding. I know um, something. That, no. <laughs> hey, hey. All I can say is, well done, Schlemmerflam. Well done. The only done. thing that I wish he had done in this movie differently, or not differently, just another thing that would have been cool is if 
there had been people in the background of scenes that were ghosts that you wouldn't yeah. even notice unless you were looking for it. I could have swore I saw oh, a ghost outside well, his school cool. window. Uh, in his school window. Well, and but... the fact that this movie was kind of... Like, the entire time I was watching this movie, I was getting hints of The Haunting of Hill House. And I was just like, was man, this say, is like yeah. the, that has been like the closest thing in tone to those types of scares and those kinds of like dramatic moments that are very horrible. Yeah, that's one of the few since the success. It's one of those few things that manages that balance of like, you know, drama and horror so well. I still haven't seen that, but has someone made a supercut of all the hidden ghosts in that yet? I know there are lists online of There is a shit ton. Like I I felt I was like, oh cool, I found like five on my own. I'm really No, isn't there like sixty to eighty? Yeah, there's There's a bunch of them. Every time like (laughs) I would watch an episode and then look at the list to see what I missed. (laughs) It's like if you did a game where it's like you took a shot for every hidden one, you'd probably be dead within half an hour. I think this movie actually does a really (laughs) it shows a lot of restraint that there isn't a ghost for the first hour of the movie outside the obvious. Um, Bruce Willis, but It takes a while before a ghost shows up. Who's the first ghost that we see in this movie? Um, I think it's the one walking by when he's yes, in the Yes, you're right, right. You're right. We see the ghost. The, it's the woman who pulls all the drawers out. She's the first ghost we see. So when he's... When he's are when we he's supposed to assume the, that the woman who opened all the drawers is the same one who had her list or her wrist slit and was yes. like blaming her husband? Yes. See, yes. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the first ghostly interaction we see, is the, the which is an amazing and a practical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because you're still like, kind of like, I don't know what this is going to be like. Holy but shit! But yeah, which <laughs> is the actual first one we see? I think it's her. Yeah, it, she later, has like, Okay. In, w- when he goes pee at night, I okay. think, is the first time we actually see a ghost. And then, it's post him getting beat up so, by the slave yeah. in the top of the house, mm-hmm. but... Um, we don't we don't see that ghost. Um, it's still. Oh man, that is that is terrifying. That's like so much stuff of this. Like it's not scary watching it, but just thinking about like it <laughs> happening to me is like I would have passed yeah. out too. <laughs> like <laughs> Tommy Tamasimo, what I a know. fucking douche nozzle! And all those parents. Pfft. I it's like it, I felt like when Bruce Willis was saying it's like he looked like he sucked big time. I was just like, <laughs> yes. the therapist probably shouldn't say that, but god damn it, I love you so much. Like thank I you. think my favorite my favorite bit <laughs> from the movie is when he says what what is the curse word he says? And he's like, You said the S word or whatever. It was like uh well, that's bullshit. 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 Yeah. 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 That that actually is my favorite beat of the movie. <laughs> yeah. too, I think. Um I think they're both excellent in that scene. Um also um <laughs> Bruce Willis' best movie, Pulp Fiction. Strong disagree, but okay. I can't. I want to find something. No, not that I don't think Pulp Fiction is great, because it is. But Zed's dead. Zed's dead, Zed's baby. Dead. Zed's dead. You don't like my pot belly? Uh, something, something about a gimp. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Uh, oh, he's good in Sin City too. Um. He's not great in that. I'm just. Uh, I'm he's just, great in Sin City as well. He's not great in Sin City too. Wait, is he? Is he in that one too? I don't remember that one. Yeah. Movie, that one at all. Except I just didn't like it. That's all I remember. He's good. The second one. Yeah. I don't think he's in the second one. Is he? Yeah, it's he on is. it. It's on he his is? list. I, it, oh, okay. I don't know how much of a party plays though. He's really good as he's in, he's good. He's a great voice in Over the Hedge and Underseen. Uh, he was great Dreamworks in Looper. Movie. Yeah. Ooh, Looper. Ooh, yeah. Yep, Looper, he was amazing. great in Red. I also really like I the like kid. Red. Oh, he's great in Ocean's Twelve as himself. <laughs> um, Let's just go through everything. He's been <laughs> we in. are. I like him more in Unbreakable than I like him in this movie. I think Twelve Monkeys. He's also really good oh, in that. And of course, and of course, Fifth Element. Yeah, he Fifth Element is like the perfect. That's my favorite action version of him. I think. Really, like even over. Yeah, because like, he gets Die to Hard flex one. his comedy muscles a lot more. I mean, Die Hard's that's funny true. too, but yeah, I but, mean the like. Yeah. So that'll do it for the Fifth Element. The Join Fifth us Element. Next week. The Sixth God Sense. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the Fifth Sense. <laughs> Join us next week for... Oh, I'm going to keep that in. Thank you for Let's listening to it. our podcast about the seventh <laughs> smell. Um, Something about the fourth kind. Quick, come, come back next movie. week. Aliens. For... Oh, the fourth kind. That no, is the an underrated... The fourth kind is an actual movie. I know, but it, that is an underrated 
movie. I that freaked me. Wait, is it the fourth kind the or the fourth third kind? The fourth kind is where the aliens actually like fuck with you and shit. Um, that was what very well done. Movie. Yeah, that was I traumatizing. Is that the one with Mia Jovovich? Yes. I did not like that. Maybe I should try it again. The next week we're doing more um, M. Night. I'm not going to say his last name. John, can you help me out? Shyamalan. Shyamalan? It's, it's, (laughs) believe it or not, Buttersworth. (laughs) It's the traditional brown pronunciation. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, it's, uh, it's Shlama. Oh, no, now I'm saying it incorrectly. Damn it, Zach. (laughs) <laughs> um Sh- Shyamalan. Just call him we're gonna night. go <laughs> we're gonna go to glass uh his latest ben it's not a spoiler ben is kind of very seemed lukewarm on it would that is that a fair assessment ben yes okay uh, mostly yes so ben's reviews out there but i you know what i've already seen i i told ben he was charitable to the film based on the early reactions but it definitely screened it. It screened last night for a lot of more critics, and there's definitely already a pushback to this movie is actually pretty great. So really? who knows what we're gonna come down with it on it next week? I can't wait to discuss it. And uh, yeah, until then, I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me at Zach Goldenberg wherever you can find that, and you can find us at MiddleRow.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Letterboxd and on. Uh, Twitter at the Grigsby Bear. You can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Schlimmelingalong. Uh, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter, our website, I mean, uh, for what for updates on when we post written content, such as Ben's review of Glass and podcast episodes. And that's at Middle of Row hashtag. It's Nothar. funny because people probably have as much trouble pronouncing your real last name. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Glass, Split, and Unbreakable, because those will all be. um, But not in that order, probably. No, please don't. (laughs) Um, Those will all be spoiled in our next podcast. That is a horrible order to watch those in. The worst. Remember. The best seats? I think the right order is split, I'm gonna murder you. unbreakable, the, the last best airbender. Seats are in the middle of the row. <laughs> <laughs>